in real life. Just checking to make sure you're with me. <laughs> Didn't realize when I put that there that that might be tall enough to cover me up. <clears throat> Before we uh, jump into the message today, uh, Men of Honor is happening. That's our men's conference. It's happening this Friday and Saturday. And we've had someone donate a ticket. So if, you, if you've been saying, man, I, I want to go, but, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I, I, you know, no, maybe. Who, who knows? If it works out, um, then you take this as a, a word from God. It worked out. <laughs> and, and we have a ticket for you. So uh, if uh, the first one to come and catch me right after the service um, then uh, I'll, I'll get that ticket too. We'd love for you to go. Guys, this is our third annual uh, Men's Men of Honor Conference that we've done. Really good, a great time. It's been a good time in the life of, of our men because we go down there together. Some of us stay. Uh, we've got some hotel rooms. We, we go out to eat afterwards that Friday night and then uh, head back uh, Saturday morning and, and God does some cool stuff. So anyways, that, that's just uh, extra this morning. Um, ha- have you ever, you ever, like, gone into a room and, and wondered what you went in there for? Has that ever happened to you? <laughs> that happens more often, I think, than it used to. But the other thing that happens is I can't remember stuff, so it could happen more often than I remember even. Um, but, but I remember even as a teenager, uh, I, I would, my, my dad, he owned a grocery store, and so my routine was, you know, I would come home from school. I was, uh, I was elementary and, and part of high school. I'd come home from school, and um, we had an apartment that was built onto the store. That sounds kind of weird, but, well, the whole thing was weird. The thing used to be a barn. It used to be a stable, actually, and it was turned into a grocery store, and then my dad bought that, and he built right next door. So, so literally, I would walk out. I am not exaggerating. I, I wish I had a picture it, if it still stands. I would walk out of this door, that was our apartment, and walk into that door. They might not have even been that far apart to go to the store. And I would get home from school, and my dad would say, son, you know, I'd put my stuff away, get a snack, because, you know, teenagers are starving all the time. And my dad would say, son, why don't you go over to the store? And my sister worked there. Uh, why don't you go over to the store, and, and why don't you fill up the drink boxes, you know, sodas and so other things too. So uh, we would uh, other drinks. So we would we would I would go over there to fill those up, and I would go over there and of course got to say hi to my sister. And I would come back about an hour later, and my dad would say, "So uh, were they were they empty?" And I'd say, "Were what empty?" And <laughs> this is like a daily routine. Son, how can you forget from there to there? What you went in there for. I didn't say it because I was smarter than that, but I wanted to say it was really easy, actually. Um, sometimes we kind of forget what we're about, don't we? We, we forget what we, I, I, did, I do this, this like half of my morning on Sunday mornings before people get here. I go over here and I'm like, what did I come here for? Oh, yeah. And then, you know, I go back over here and have to retrace my steps. And, and sometimes we just kind of forget what we're doing. We, we forget why we're here. Um, we call it the hereafter disease. I, I, I hear that that happens more and more as you get a little further down the road. But you know, churches can do that too. Uh, we, we do it as people. Uh, we attribute it. I, I would like to say that I've just got so much on my mind, and it's such a small face space, a face too, so much a... <laughs> can we rewind that? 
it is such a small space to fit it all in uh, that, that some stuff just, just doesn't, doesn't stick. Um, I don't know that that's necessarily true. But what we've been doing in, in, uh, for the last several weeks in the life of our churches is just kind of reminding ourselves why we're here. What is it that we're doing? And, and so I, I began with, we talked about our vision. And uh, you've got some notes uh, in, your, um, in, your, in your bulletin there, and you can kind of follow along uh, with that. You actually have two sets of notes. One of them is like an additional little insert. You know what? I didn't print the other one out. You don't have the first set of notes. Um, because apparently when I went to my computer, I forgot what I went there for. Um, so you only have one. So the first set, you're just going to have to go along with me. Um, so we talked about vision. Vision, here's what we say that our vision is, is First Baptist Church Cloudcroft. Our, our vision is that we are, first of all, Christ followers. We are committed family. And that we're compassionate friends. And, and we spent some time unpacking that. And, and so we won't do that again. It ought to be fairly explanatory. But, but we're Christ followers. We're committed family. We're compassionate friends. So that has to do with our relationship with God. Our relationship with one another. And that our relationship with those who are outside of, of these walls. Outside of the household of faith. That's who we are really. That's our vision. The second thing we talked about is our mission. What is it that we are to do? And, and so for our mission, we know that, that every church has basically the same mission. That is to make disciples who make disciples, right? Well, the way that we phrase that is we say that our mission is to lead people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. So that's our mission. That's what we do. So it's important to remember who we are in some cases, as I say that vision statement, uh, sometimes it's who we are, sometimes it's more who we want to be, depending on kind of where we are at that moment in life. But that's what we want to be known for, Christ followers, committed family, compassionate friends. And then what we do is we want to lead people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. For some people, that means coming to faith in Christ that they've never trusted him as Lord and Savior. They don't know who he is. They might be seekers. They might be runners. Uh, people who are running from God, but, but we want everyone to be in a growing, thriving, life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. That's our mission. That's what we're here for. And, and so we talked about the, the who we are. Uh, we talked about the what, and, and then we talked about the how. Our, our, our strategy is really how we intend to do that. So our strategy, we just tried to make it simple uh, so that I could remember, because I forgot to print out those notes, so... Simple is good for me. Invest, invite, and do life through Christ. That is, you invest in the lives of people. And, and, and that's more than a casual kind of thing. That, that's an intentional kind of thing. You, you have to get to know them. You get involved in their life, and they get involved in your life, and, and it gets messy sometimes, and it's inconvenient usually. But, but that you invest in them, and then you invite them. Some of it is as simple, we, we talked about, as inviting them to come to church with you. But ultimately, we want to invite them along this journey with us, with Jesus, that we call this journey of faith. So you invest in them, and you invite them, and then you do life together, that, that you hang out, that it's life on life, and I think that's where we grow best. Um, you, you, you put me off by myself, and, and man, I might or might not get it done. I might or might not remember, actually. But life on life, the times that I've grown the most in my life with Christ is in community with, with other believers. 
So our strategy, how do we do that? How do we lead people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus? We invest in their lives. We invite them along with us. And then we just do life together as believers. Sometimes even with non-believers, with people who haven't yet come to faith in Christ, we do life together with them. And really, what we see in Scripture is that's just called discipleship. That's that. So, so we've talked about the who, we, we've talked about the, the what, and we've talked about uh, the how. Our, our vision is the who, our mission is the what, our strategy is the how. And, and so now we come to this, this time, this place, that, that, that we'd really want to say, uh, if we're asking the questions, the who, what, and the how, the when. So, so when do we start this? When, do we, when are we going to do this? Well, the odd, obvious, easy answer is now. Here's... Here's what, what I want us to, to know. I, I know that it's easy. It's easy to do this in life. And in fact, um, I, I was going to start a, a group called Procrastinators Anonymous. But, but I thought it'd be best to po- postpone it till next week. It's easy to think when this happens, I'll start that. Well, you know, just, you know, life, boy, it's busy, busy. And, and so when, when it slows down, then. And, and for a church, it would be easy for us to, to say, you know, we're, we're talking about a, a new building. We're entering into a building program. We're doing a design build, and we're in the early, early phases or stages of that. And, and it would be easy for us to say, you know, when we get into the new building or when this happens or, oh, you know what, we're coming up on the holidays. I, I know that, that blows your mind. Anybody been to Hobby Lobby? I think next week they're putting the Valentine stuff out. I just want to let you know. Um, I'm just kidding. It was a joke. Um, so, so we're, we're heading in the holidays after the holidays we, we always want to think, well, you know, when this happens or when that happens or when this, this comes about or when the circumstances change, but listen, we can't wait. We, we just can't wait anymore. We, we need to begin now. Uh, let me read for you. Some of you are going to say, are we going to like get to the Bible? Turn to Joshua chapter one. Just, just a little bit of a background here. So Moses, um, at, at, the, at the young, young age of 80, God calls Moses to lead the children of Israel out of slavery in Egypt. He does that. They are such an obedient people that they, they march right into the promised land. We know that's not the case. Uh, they didn't do that. For 40 years, God waited until an entire generation died. I heard someone saying the other day, and this blows my mind, that, that, that if you figure in the, what is it, the 1.2, 1.3 million um, that, that uh, originally left or the ones that died in, in the wilderness, that they were doing about 87 funerals a day. And then they said, would you like to be on that casserole committee? <laughs> so so this is this is... This is the, the end of that. Moses has now died. God has told Joshua, Joshua, now it's time to go into the promised land. Joshua chapter 1, we're going to skip just a little bit and go down to, to verse 10. Joshua chapter 1, verse 10, And Joshua commanded the officers of the people, pass through the midst of the camp, and command the people, prepare your provisions for within three days, you are to pass over this Jordan and go in to take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. 
you suppose anybody had any questions? <laughs> now, now, mind you, we have a generation that has done nothing basically but wander in the wilderness. Now, can you say hand-me-downs? Now, their clothes didn't wear out, their shoes didn't wear out, which is cool. God did so many miracles in that 40 years. But that's all they know. And so, we're, wait, wait, we're going to do what now? We're, we're going to go, first of all, have you seen the Jordan? We can't get across that. But, you know, besides the fact, we're, we're going to go take possession of the land. We're not warriors. We're wanderers. By the way, remember, Moses, that this is how we get our food. We get up in the morning and we go pick it up off the ground, called manna, and we eat it. But, but now things are going to change? We're going to go into the... We've heard the stories. Those guys are big. In 10th grade, I, made, I was in Fort Worth, so big school. Uh, we would have had uh, about a thousand in a graduating class if I hadn't moved my senior year, and I made the football team. And and I I I I'd been playing football seventh through ninth grade, tenth grade made the football team, and and I finally went to the coach and I said, you know, I don't I don't think I'm going to play. He said, why not? I said, coach, have you seen those guys? <laughs> I mean, the best I can do is slow them down. It'll slip on that little greasy spot that used to be Larry. Don't you think there had to be some questions? And, and I imagine, I imagine, so, so Joshua sent his officers out to tell, but I, I can imagine the people say, whoa, wait, 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 what are we going to do when we get there? And, and I can imagine the officer saying, you know, I don't know, but he said, pack up your stuff in three days, we're going across the Jordan. Oh, but what, where are we going to get the armor? I, I don't know. But Joshua said to pack up your stuff in three days. We're going across the Jordan. I, there had to have been tons of questions. And, and yet the command, I, I like the way that reads. Joshua commanded the officers. This is, listen, guys, this is non-negotiable. This is what God said we're going to do. So we're going to do it. We're going to go across the Jordan and we're going to take possession of the land that God is going to give us. The people hadn't run away yet. Now, we, we know the rest of the story because we read the book. They didn't know that. I can, I can just imagine the questions. I can imagine the fear. I can, anybody like walking into the unknown? Do you like doing that? Um, I, I know that, that I may seem like a, a, a big extrovert, but you put me in an unfamiliar situation with lots of people that I don't know, and I'm likely just to go sit in a corner. <laughs> the, the unknown, I don't know what's going to happen. Where do I go? What do I do? Which door do I go in, you know? And yet, the command that Joshua gave, that the people followed, by the way, was, hey, guys, pack up your stuff. In three days, we're going across the Jordan. They didn't have it all figured out. Um, they probably had lots of questions. In fact, I bet they had more questions once they got there than they did before they went across the Jordan. 
And yet, that's what, that's what God called them to do. So, so let me give you, here's the, here's the big idea. Here, here's the thing. That following God takes trust and obedience. I like to have things spelled out for me. I really do. Um, I, I love spreadsheets, and I love numbers, and I love building plans. Um, I love for things to be spelled out. In fact, the less that you leave unspoken for me, usually the better off we're going to be if we're going to do something together. What time are we leaving? What time do I need to be there to load up? Where are we going to eat? Is there a Starbucks? I mean, when are we getting back? I like those things spelled out. And I think most of us do. Particularly, the bigger the thing it is, the more details I want. And here's what I found, that there are times where I just don't have those. God doesn't give them to me. I'm glad to see from Joshua that I'm not alone. Who, who are we, where are we going first? He didn't say. What are we going to do when we get there? We're going to take possession of the land. Well, yeah, but how are we going to do that? He didn't say. That if we're going to follow God, it takes trust and it takes obedience. Now, I'm not, you've heard the term blind faith. I don't like that word. I don't like that phrase, that, that term. We don't have to walk in blind faith. I am so glad. And here's why. It's because we know the one in whom we trust. It's not a blind faith. We're following a God who's faithful. We're following a God who's mighty. We're following a God who owns it all. We're following a God who knows it all. We're following a God who can do it all. We know whom we follow. It's not a blind faith, but there are times that I believe where, where we just have to say, God says, Larry, take this step. And I say, well, where's it going? Just take the step. But God, what comes after that step? Well, you take this step, and I'll tell you what comes after that step. And, and that happens a lot of times. And for somebody like me who wants the details, I want to know, listen, I am so weird. This is back before, I guess we had dumb phones because we didn't have smartphones. Um, we, we had cell phones, but they weren't real smart. Um, when, whenever I would travel, I, I bought this program called Microsoft Trips and Streets, I think it was. And, and I would go online, and, and I, would, I would do that, and, and it would tell you when you should make this turn. It would give you the, the times. I'm so weird that I would, I would try to make it so that I got to that turn, or if I get a little bit early, that was okay, but I didn't want to be late to make that turn. It would give you, that's just how weird I am. I, I love those kinds of things. I, um, I, whenever I drive now, I, I've got a little uh, thing on, on my dash that it'll hold my phone up there for me. And, and I use my GPS to go places that I've been to a thousand times. You know why? Because at any moment, I want to look up and see how much longer I got. Besides that, I zone sometimes and I might miss a turn. And uh, it'll help me not to do that. I want to know the details. There are just some times where we don't. Sometimes where we have to take a step of faith. It's not blind faith, but it's trusting in, in God, that, that he's 
He's leading us, he's guiding us, and he's going to take care of us. So the bottom line is this, that you can't wait until you have all the answers before you start doing what God's called you to do. I have a good, good friend, he's a pastor guy, and, and he, is, he is the discipler. Man, this dude is always, now I love it because he usually like meets people at Starbucks or some kind of coffee place to do the discipling there. But he's always doing it. And so, so I've met with him, and you know, we, we've talked about this a whole lot. And, and I said, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? He goes, Larry, at some point, you just have to start doing it. And I said, but, man, that sounds kind of messy. He goes, yeah, it is a lot. I said, well, how long does that, the stuff that you do, how long does that take? He goes, I don't know. So what do you mean? He goes, it's different with everybody. I said, dude, I'm the kind of person that, like, this week we're in this passage. Next week we're in that passage. He goes, yeah, it doesn't always work like that. And I said, man, he goes, just start doing it. Just get to a place and you stop. You pick up next week. You get to a place and you stop. And sometimes it's just that way with God. It, that to be obedient, we, we can't wait till we have all the answers. We just got to start doing it. So, so what about us? We... We know our vision is that we're Christ followers, committed family, compassionate friends. We know that our mission is to lead people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we know that our strategy is to invest, invite, and do life through Christ. So, so what do we do next? I'll tell you next week. I'm just kidding. How do you keep an Aggie in suspense? I'll tell you tomorrow. Two things I, I want to close this with. If, if we're going to get past where we are as a church, if we're going to move forward from where we are. Now, now, mind you, I've been here nearly 15 years as pastor. So, so a, a, a little bit behind me, um, only 30 more years to go before I can retire. That'll make me, and then if I get a second job, oh, you know, retired pastors become interim pastors. Never mind. I've already got my second job lined out. If we're, if we're going to grow past where we are, two, two things we're going to have to do. Are you buckled up? Are you ready? First one is this. We are going to have to think and act like a church that's twice our size. Some of you are thinking, what does that mean? you next week no, i'm kidding here's the deal this is why i brought my buddy here this is my my plant by the way i don't know if you knew this plants need water when you don't water on the edge of the leaves turn a little bit brown um that's why those those are brown this is a bamboo plant i don't know if you've ever seen a bamboo plant um i, I this one i've had oh gosh i've had for not quite a year uh pushing it. i'm amazed it's still alive um, I found out it can get really thirsty and still live. This bamboo plant isn't going to get much bigger than it is. Do you know why? I mean, that's assuming I water it when I should, even. Why? It is, its size is going to be restricted by its container. Now, we know if I want this thing to get bigger, I'm not sure I do. I was kind of going for the bonsai bamboo, you know. I probably need to trim it. I should water it first. But anyways, 
if I want this thing to get bigger, what I need to do is to get a bigger pot, a bigger container. Now, why wouldn't I wait for it to get bigger to get the bigger container? Because it's not going to get bigger if I don't get a bigger container. In some ways, I feel like this depicts the life of our church for, for a lot of years. We're waiting to get bigger before we get a bigger container. Now, I know everybody's thinking building, and we're in that process. We begin, the ball's rolling there. But you know what else will restrict? Uh, we know that buildings will restrict the size of a church, but you know what else will restrict the size of a church? The way that we do things. So, so if, if, we are going to, if we are going to grow past where we are, we have to start thinking and acting like a church that's twice our size. And you're like, what are you talking about? I don't know. No, I'm kidding. I know some things. The way that we do things, the way that we greet, the way that, that we take up the offering, the way we do our finances, here's a big one, the way that we disseminate information, the way that we do ministry, the way that we do outreach, everything we do, we need to start thinking and acting like we're a church twice our size. I don't mean like we walk around and say, yeah, we're a church 200 and we're all proud of that. I don't mean that. What I mean is, if we, don't, if we don't expand in those realms, then we're not going to grow past where we are. Because we are thinking and acting like a church of 100. And, and we, can, we can get by with some things. We can wing it. You don't suppose the church ever wings it, do you? We can wing it. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody shows up, they'll figure out where to go. They'll, they'll find a class. Somebody will tell them. Somebody will. Somebody's reading Joshua now. Thank you. <laughs> I love technology. We can wing it. We can get by. We can tell a few people. <laughs> we and 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 it works. Right? I mean, it works. We can do it. I know. I've been here 15 years nearly. November's 15 years. I was six when I came, just in case you're doing math. Add 30 to that and you might be close. We're going to have to change the way we do things. The second part of that, and these two are like married together. I don't know how we can do one without the other. second part of that is we're going to have to pursue excellence in everything we do. Pursue excellence in everything we do. And you're like, what, what do you mean by that? Well, part of it is we're not going to wing it. What that means is we're going to have to be a lot more intentional in the things we do. And you're like, but it's working. It works for a church our size. And if we keep doing it for a church that works our size, we're not going to get past where we are. And we're not all about numbers, but there is a whole book of numbers in the Bible. God counted we're about reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we have to be intentional about that. It's not something that's just going to happen. I was talking with Kurt earlier, and he said something that just kind of really fleshes this out a little bit. 
we're going to have to start paying attention. And being intentional means paying attention. It means paying attention to details. I, I tend to be a details kind of guy, so that's okay with me. I just don't want to get caught up in them. But we're going to have to start paying attention to some details. We're going to have to start working a little bit harder on some things. The, the way that, that I, I think of it in my head is we're going to have to up the game in every area from paper towels to people. We're going to have to up our game. We're going to have to be intentional. We're, I want to pursue excellence because when somebody drives up and they don't know what door to walk into, what is that saying? We're not really expecting you. When they walk up to a door and it's not open, then they have to go try another door and it's not open. Hopefully they find a door that's open because nothing says welcome like a bunch of locked doors. What is it saying? It's saying we're not expecting people. And, and, and it's just a small step from we're not expecting you to we don't want you in their minds. You're not us. If you were us, you'd know which door to go to. It, it, it means that, that we're going to have to pay attention to details, that, that when we drive up in the parking lot, that, that we're looking with eyes that are saying, how, what can we do that would take away every hindrance we can that, that would keep people from coming? And, and we don't have gutters that are falling off, that are different colors. And if you're a little OCD like me and want to call it CDO because that's alphabetical, that'll bug you. We need to quit looking past some things. We, we need to start paying attention. And, and, and you, you may be thinking, because I would be too if I was in your place, well, you know, why would we do all that? We're making it. God never called us to get by. He never set a number, a limit. Um, I'm not a hunter. What do you call it when you catch your, not a quota, is it limit? Well, that's a really technical word. <laughs> he never set a limit on how many people we can fish for. If he did, I'd pretty well guarantee we haven't caught it. <laughs> it's because everything we do has with it the goal of leading people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. Everything we do. Whether it's cutting the grass. We don't mow the lawn up here because there's too many rocks and we don't speak French. But mow de lawn. Um, cut the grass, whether it's, it's putting sealer on the outside, whether it's making sure that the doors work and that they're painted, whether it's making sure that the carpet's fine, that there aren't wrinkles. Whatever it is, everything we do is mundane and as simple and as everyday it might kind of seem. It has with it the end goal of leading people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. And so I, I, I want us to, 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 to begin to think that way. I, I, I want us to, to, to begin to think and act like a church twice our size, not that we get too big for our britches. Y'all heard that term before? That tends to happen. My metabolism slowed down. No. Anyways. Not that way, but we start thinking and acting like a church twice our size, that we 
We expand the container so that God can cause a growth. And that, and that we, we start pursuing excellence in everything we do. Pay attention to detail. Put extra effort into it. Not just enough, but put extra effort into it in everything. In our facilities, that's what we think of first usually. In our ministries, in everything we do. Why? So that we can report big numbers back to the state. Can No. So that people can enter into a life-changing relationship with Jesus. We want to do everything we can to bring that about. So let me ask you, how about you? We talked about things that limit, things that hinder. Is there something that's hindering you and your relationship with God? I would, I would invite us this morning to just place ourselves at the foot of the cross and just say, God, I am presenting myself to you as a living sacrifice. I'm yours to do with me whatever you want. If you want to take me home today, I'm going home today. If you want to leave me here so that, so that I can reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, then, then that's what I'll do. If you want to send me somewhere else so that I can, I can make disciples, I can lead people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ, that's what I'll do. God, if you call me into a ministry, that's what I'll do. If you call me out of a ministry, that's what I'll do. But, but that, let me just, just, my challenge to you, my encouragement is to you this morning, is just that we lay ourselves at the foot of the cross and say, God, I'm, I am your sacrifice. And you do with me whatever you like. I have a lot more to say to you, but not much more time. So, uh, if you, uh, we're going to have a time of response. Um, but, but we're going to flesh out some of this. What, what does it mean to, uh, what, what do we do now? How do we begin this process of, of pursuing excellence and 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 I already forgot what the other one was. Thinking of a church twice our size, we're going to talk. We're going to have a short business meeting. I don't know if it'll be short. We'll have a business meeting right after church. And and if you want to find out more about that, what our next step is in doing that, then I would encourage you to stay, uh, member or not. You can only vote if you're a member, but um, but but I would encourage you to stay. But but to, right now, let me just ask you to do this. As, as we enter this time of response, to just lay, just lay yourself at the foot of the cross. Paul says, present your bodies as living sacrifices. Let's do that. Let's just say, God, hands, I'm taking my hands off and, and giving it all to you, and, and you just do with, do with me what you want. And, and no conditions. Let's just do that. Kurt, as you, as you come forward, let me pray. God, as we just lay ourselves at your feet, Lord, I know that we have some, some guests here, and God, I, I, never, uh, I never presume that anything happens by accident because we know that you, you're sovereign, you're in control. And God, for, for some of us here, Maybe, maybe this idea of presenting ourselves to you as living sacrifices is the thing that's holding us back. Maybe we want to hold on 
to some control. Lord, I pray that you just help us to turn loose of that. Maybe it's a relationship that we've been trying to hang on to that we need to turn over to you. Maybe it's a financial thing that we've been hanging on to that we need to turn over to you. Maybe it's service to you. Lord, maybe it's a sin, whatever it is. God, I pray that you would give us the courage and the boldness to just let go. To present ourselves to you as a sacrifice for you to do with whatever you want. Father, I pray that you'd help us to do that this morning. God, we just ask that you would work in our hearts as only you can. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.